Thanks for tuning in to the Whatcom Dads podcast, the local parenting podcast for dads and moms. I'm Nathan Dwyer, and alongside my co-hosts Mark Bagley and Chris Roselli, we share our experiences being dads, along with some helpful tips and recommendations. This week, we're joined by local dad Mike Sledge, who shares some tips on getting your kids out hiking. And we're also going to share our favorite spots in Whatcom County to find some peace and quiet. Hey, Chris, what happens when you get a substitute dad for your podcast, and then you reschedule the podcast, and then the regular dad is able to come too? You have four dads four on the dads podcast. Four dads on the podcast this week. <laughs> Welcome, Mike Sledge. Welcome Hello. to the show. Hello. Glad to be here. How do you feel being brought in as a substitute, and then the person that you're substituting for is here in the flesh with you? I could be home asleep. You could be home asleep. <laughs> That's what Mark thinks, too, actually, I think. if just be you and me, actually, if we didn't force them to come here. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks. I'm in. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family. We know that you, yourself, are a Whatcom dad. And uh, what do you do here in this great Whatcom County for work? Sure. Um, I uh, work at Western with some of these other fine fellows here, uh, work in student affairs. Um, wife, uh, Stacy, uh, works in Whatcom County as well, uh, runs a website, and have two kids, uh, both teenagers, um, often on their phones. And what are the ages of your teenage kids? Uh, my son is nearly 17 in three weeks, wow. so 16 now, and my daughter is 13. So are we junior and eighth grade? Yes. Look at me figuring that well out. Well done. Well done. Since you mentioned that you work at Western and my other co-hosts do as well, I know that we have some listeners who have students who are entering college or just thinking about that. Is there one tip that you folks in higher education might give them as to something that you might see these kids walking around campus not being prepared to do or things that they struggle with when they show up on campus? Uh, my, one of my tips actually for um, families or for um, new college students is the first six weeks is just really important for them to get out, connect with people, um, meet as many new folks as possible um, it's a real chance to kind of, you know, jump into what it means to be a college student, even if they're a sophomore or a junior or a senior. And we know for the college students now that the sophomores on campus are really freshmen because they weren't here last year. And so many transfer students, that's the same as well. So it's a fresh start for so many, so many folks. Um, and it's just a great time to reach out, meet new people, try new things. And a great way to do that, Mike, and we told our son this when he was a freshman living in the residence halls, open your door. Just prop your door open, and you'll be amazed at the number of people who will just stop by and poke their head in to see what's going on. And he didn't do that the first week and was a little depressed, opened his door, made a bunch of friends, and it changed everything. It's a great idea. I always would make uh, suggestions to bake cookies, because if you bake cookies, people know the smell of cookies, and of course, college students are always hungry. You have cookies in your room with your door open, yeah. people are going to come rolling in all the time. When I was in the dorms, there was open door night. I don't know if it was some time in that first week. And each floor had a specific time to be in their room to greet people. And then you would travel to the other floors. And I think we met, you know, half the people we knew in our building just at that open door night. And join clubs. I would add, um, 
every school is going to have lots of clubs, not lots of different ways to get connected. Um, and it's pretty easy to start a club if there isn't one that's already out there, um, whether that's true at Western or lots of other schools too. I'd also recommend having a good coat and potentially waterproof shoes. Is that specific to all colleges or just the one here in the I big northwest s- corner of the country? I would say from my experience, it's very pertinent to Western Washington University. <laughs> yes. Uh, those of you that work with students, what's the most interesting club that they have on campus now that you've heard of? Quidditch club is still popular, isn't it not? Uh, so It is human versus zombies is pretty large. You oh, can't right. miss it when it's in full, full tilt either. Yeah, yeah. students all shooting each other with nerf gun nerf guns all around campus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah there's the there's the hug club where people just give hugs you would have been not, in that chris probably not covid friendly not covid friendly at all no before covid the hug club was, now it's a air hug club and this is a move in week or the what do they call it on the campus there red square info fair like yeah. school starting in just a couple days as we record this yep yep, yep. Well, welcome week, um, first day of classes, day after tomorrow. Yeah, exciting time. So by the time this comes out, students will have been in class for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are a resident of Whatcom County and you see these uh, young people in the local Hagen or something, looking for something, uh, reach out, be welcoming. This is a real big part of our community here. That's right. And don't worry, the shelves in the grocery stores will get restocked eventually. Rumor has it Target was pretty cleaned out this weekend with uh, all the families in town. Well, speaking of college students and teenagers, because uh, all of you have either had or have teenagers currently, I thought it'd be interesting to quiz you guys on some of the lingo that teenagers and college kids are using. Is this why you were texting my kids? This is why I was texting your kids, your wives, (laughs) figuring out uh, what the lingo is. I have no idea. So I want to see how on top of it you guys are. So I've got 10 phrases on here. And I'm going to just kind of go around the room and see if you guys can pick up on what these things mean. Cool. Up for the challenge? Sure. So if your child told you that something was drip, what would that mean? Drip? Drip. It's great. Yeah, it's super awesome. It's cool. Drip refers to someone's style. Ah. So your, your general sense of what you wear. So... If you saw someone who was dressed nicely, they might have serious drip. Hmm. Who knew? Not me. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> How about if something is sus? What are we talking about? There? Oh, I know that. Oh, I'll let you go first because you were nodding uh, your head. That is used often on me by my daughter, referring to me. So suspicious. Suspicious. Well done. Yes. How about cap, Chris? Uh, if someone's capping. Was capping means somebody's got their hat on. I grew up in LA, and if you're capping someone, you're shooting them. <laughs> that's what I thought too, but I don't think that's correct. <laughs> capping apparently refers to lying or exaggerating. Huh. Someone's capping. Uh, what about if something slaps? What are we talking about there? Uh, uh, something rocks. That would be an older version of that same phrase, I think. Ah. Huh. Yeah, I think you're on the right track there. I think you might say like, ah, this this cheeseburger slaps. It means it's a it's a good one. It's the dumbest slang I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, Far out. <laughs> that was way better. <laughs> what if your kid told you had a nice fit? Oh, I'd say it's uh, the way my shorts look on me. Which 
The pants you had the other day. You told me I looked good. I, he, you got new pants or something. I did, and yeah, you must have liked the way I looked in them. You looked very good. Thank yeah. you. Way to go. Way to go. That's but just he got looked, weird. He looked. He, he was fit. I tell you, Mike. I have no idea. The fit is short for outfit. So, oh. uh, so it was my nice you pants. Have a nice. You got a nice fit. He did. Or check out the fit would be sort of like. So if your fit is drip. Ooh, now you're getting whoa, huh? That's another level. <laughs> How about deuces? That was pretty sus. Deuces. What are we talking about? Deuces. No, two something. Two, two of two of something. Deuces would be like you're ending a relationship. So if your child came home and said, "Yeah, we're deuces," her and I are deuces. I'm How getting good a, at this. How about a glow up? A glow up? Yeah, it's gotta be something from a club. A glow up. Um means you have an idea. Uh, I, I thought glow up referred to like something having to do with your hair or makeup or something like that. A makeover. You're on the right track. Great. Whoa. You got it. Great. Wow. Your kids' friends come over. They do a glow up. Hmm. There you go. How about fubbing? Fubbing? Fubbing. Um, it's lying? Not- Is it lying? That'd be, That'd be fibbing. fibbing. Fubbing. I think it's like uh, like like jamming to music. Yes. This is one I think all your kids have probably done to you. Like tricking somebody? Telling you a story? Making something up? Like this word? Yeah. Fubbing is looking at your phone and ignoring you. <laughs> true. That's true. Yes. That is true. Uh, how about pog or poggers? What if something's poggers? I, I can't even. I can't imagine. Poggers. You're positive that these are terms, Nathan. These came from some of your children. I think. I think you've been duped. <laughs> I think our kids just got together and just started making up words and telling you what they meant. It's totally poggers, huh? This is crazy, bonkers, like wild. So that one I do know the uh, background on because. POG stood for play of the game in video gaming terms. So if something is pog or poggers, it's like super epic. Like something's ah, really great. It's okay. poggers. Okay. All right. All right. How about a ship? If your kid comes home talking about their ship, what are they talking about? Their car. Their vehicle. I thought ship referred to like a crush on someone. Sometimes a celebrity, like I ship them. You're on the right track, Mike. <laughs> Ship is short for relationship. So their oh, ship, the ship their ship went deuces. Yep. Ship went deuces. Bad. And finally, what if your kid came home and said they were zooted? Zooted? Zooted. No idea. Yeah, I can't even imagine. You probably wouldn't be too happy because zooted apparently refers to being high. Oh. My children did not share the meaning of that. I think my kids were zooted when they shared these with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in any event, you guys didn't do too bad. Hopefully, this will be a little educational to you and some of our listeners as they tune in to what their teens or college-age kids are talking about. Wow. Didn't do too bad. I I think I got skunked. Your life can change in an instant. Car accidents impact all aspects of your life and lead to pain and suffering, medical bills, and time missed from work. Robinson & Cole, attorneys in Bellingham, can help. They have represented thousands of clients since 1979. 
They also handle other types of injury claims, including workers' compensation. Consultations are always free and are available in Spanish. Robinson and Cole, when you need us, we will be here. All right, well, one of the reasons we brought Mike on this week is because he's a bit of a hiking guru, and so we thought one of the things that we would talk about this week is how to get your family out hiking here in the beautiful Northwest, and so we're going to run through just some tips, some ways to make it more fun, some ways to be prepared, and maybe a few local spots to get out hiking. So uh, is hiking guru a term that you're comfortable with, or would you like me to uh, re- rephrase that it's it's a good working term i think um full disclosure i've given a lot of thought to this because it's important to me and i've failed at it miserably with my kids in terms of making them interested in hiking but i still keep trying haven't given up um and still continue to hike so know a little bit about it and as someone who grew up in iowa uh, was there a lot of hiking going on in Iowa, or is this something you picked up when you got out west? This was something clearly I picked up when I got out west. <laughs> you and went to hike through the cornfields, and no, 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 maybe some you know running on some rural roads, um, a stroll here or there, a stroll here or there when the humidity wasn't, you know, you need a knife to cut through it, um, or it wasn't snowing a foot. Um, but certainly it's a draw here, and particularly um, in Bellingham because there's so many great hikes so close. Um, to town. And you have to be from Iowa to be able to actually hike here, seems frequently enough, because Sledge and I went hiking the last hike of last year. And while we were on the hike, what do we do? We bump into an 85-year-old man who says, I'm from Iowa. And our first hike this year, we get to our peak at Excelsior Peak, and we sit down, and there's a young kid sitting next to us. Where are you from? I'm from Iowa. So apparently that's the thing to do. When and the 85-year-old man, remember said that woman you just passed who was heading down, oh, yeah. she was from Iowa too. <laughs> you know what would have been really great if uh, you guys had just said, is this heaven? And they would have said, no, <laughs> no. it's Washington. <laughs> <laughs> little taste of their own medicine. <laughs> Iowans, is that what we'd call them? Iowans, yes. Iowans. All right, Mike, start by telling us what's the difference between a walk and a hike. I've got little kids. A hike seems a little ambitious. Where do we cross that threshold from? Yeah, we're just out walking to, oh, no, we're hiking now. My lived experience is I would say, let's go for a hike. And everyone would say, no. But then I would try later and say, let's go for a walk. And they would go, okay. So it's all in the pitch, I think. Um, and particularly with hikes that are hikes or walks that are nearby, there really isn't too much of, of a difference. Chris, what's been your experience? Do you do your girls like to hike? They like to walk? They like to do neither? Yeah, they, they go on walks all the time. And when I say, hey, let's go on a hike, because Mike and I, or any of us, will go hiking, usually it's early in the morning. And so the idea of getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning for either of my girls, they would rather do anything else than get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. And so uh, I've really struggled to actually get them up too. And when they do get up, and go hiking, they have a great time. Um, when they were younger, I could certainly bribe them with a treat of some sort that we'd throw in the backpack, and they got to enjoy that treat when they got to the top. Now, that doesn't seem to fly anymore. <laughs> Mark, what's the hiking been like for your kids as they grew up? It's very very similar to Chris. Uh, don't want to go, don't want to go, don't want to go. Get there. Time of their life. Yeah. Love it. Can't wait to go back again. Um, Allie does a lot of hiking still, and she really li- likes it. Ben, it's harder to get him to go, but when he's out there, he's a 
loves it. Different person. So it just living life, loving it. When you go, do you just say, everybody, this is what we're doing tomorrow? You know, going back to your question about the difference between a walk and a hike, I think when the kids were little, we'd go to the park and take a walk. Yeah. And in my mind, you'd like Whatcom Falls Park, you can you can kind of hike there. There's some little trails and stuff, but yeah. to me, that's more of a walk. If you're going to drive up to Mount Baker, that's a hike. Yeah. And that's a that's a big commitment of, of time and, and energy. Yeah. So we, I think when they were little, we tried to sell them as walks. Didn't do a lot of hiking when they were little, just as they got older. So maybe hike is you get in the car and you specifically drive to a destination you're going to start from, as opposed to a walk might start somewhere in town at one of the parks or something. Or, or an elevation gain yeah. too, right? Yeah. So a walk, you know, because I think of like Shannerell Trail by Lake Whatcom, that's that's a hike. You like The distance isn't far, but elevation gain is, it's up there a little bit. Um, but same same parking lot, you can walk along um, Lake Whatcom for three miles one way and come back another three miles. So, Mike, you've said you've tried and maybe failed a bit at getting them out there. Would you have any tips on the successes of when you were able to convince them to go and what maybe was different that time to get them to say yes? Sure. I think it goes back to something Chris was saying, which is sort of letting letting them know, sort of like anything particular to their, their age perhaps, but letting them know this is what we're going to do. This is the plan, building in some fun things or allowing them to pick something, some place to stop on the way back. Um, and I think not forcing it too hard either. I was down um, on the Oregon coast in March doing just some solo hiking for a couple of days and was um, it was a little, it was a cross between a walk and a hike. The elevation game was a little much and I was coming back and I think I crossed three different families with crying children <laughs> This is too much, and it was two two miles right up, so it wasn't wasn't horrible. But if you push it too much, then it just makes like anything a bad experience for them, and they're not, they're not going to want to come back and do it again. Yeah, yeah. This summer, we I think probably did our first official hike in the Olympic National Park, but there were, we were hiking to a waterfall, and so that sort of made it a little more interesting. If you're going to a, a scenic viewpoint, if you know you're mm-hmm. going to get to the top, mm-hmm. but they like they could say like, well, how long till we get there? But they knew that there was going to be a payoff when they got there. And my three-year-old's still young enough that she was in sort of the backpack thing. And so you sort of have to be prepared with that. And so she probably walked two-thirds of that, but we had that as a backup. That way, if she did get tired, uh, one of us could sling her up on our back. Yeah, when our kids were little, we would do scavenger hunts. We would, you know, bark, squirrel, leaves, slug, um, twig, you know, whatever else. And then we would have this big list and then give it to – one of the kids, and then that kept them busy for a good chunk of the walk. That's a great idea. Yeah, which worked really well. And then there's other games too. One thing that we learned is, is we would always want to get to our destination and just kind of keep going. And Amy and I had to learn when the kids were younger to, to just kind of be okay with them stopping a lot and exploring and doing something else or playing games. There's a game called Camouflage that the kids liked to play. And we would just go ahead and do that, you know, instead of just – forging ahead all the time and if it didn't mean that we always got all the way to the end of the trail then so be it we we're still outside it's cliche but it's the journey not the destination right. right right yeah and the talking i think the conversations that come up it can be the same on, on a, like a car trip or a long car ride but the conversation that arises because there's you can observe things in nature and that's all well and good but 
you can start talking and sort of asking questions or like, like one of those book of questions, things can be really fun to bring along to pose to, to people, everybody, the whole family. Um, and it just gets folks talking and it, it makes the time go by faster for them. And then you have conversations that you're just not going to have if you're at home and your kids are fubbing you on their phone. <laughs> there you go. Good callback on the fubbing. And that, that's a great point, Mike. I think I've had some of the best conversations with my kids out in nature because it's quiet no distractions it's just the two of you or the three of you or the four of you whatever yeah. it is and i it's been pretty rewarding so i'm glad you brought that up because it's a it's a nice way to have a really great connection not only with nature but with each other too yeah i'm going to link a few articles in the show notes one of them talked about giving your kids some control over choosing where you go that might make them more excited Additionally, along the lines of what you said, Chris, about the scavenger hunt, they mentioned geocaching or using a compass, teaching them orienteering, letting them hold the map. All of these things can involve them in a way that may get them more excited and more willing to, to go out with you. Right on. I think one other, one other thing that I think is um, hugely beneficial in, in hiking, um, and uh, recent hikes with Chris reminded me of this, is it's one of the few places in the world where when you see strangers, you acknowledge them and you will stop and many times talk, even if it's like, how much further to the top or what have you seen or you share information. And that's not the day to day in most of our lives, right? Most of the time we're not going around and talking to strangers. And that there's something that's really, um, I don't know, that's really uplifting about just making that connection, meeting Iowans. There'll be, you'll meet Iowans out there regardless, I promise. Um, there'll be other folks out there too. But just making that connection with strangers and being able to have a conversation, just brief or whatever, um, it's just there's just a lot of goodwill out there for the most part. Um, occasionally, there's people who are out there who are alone, and you can tell that they want to be alone. But um, just it's, it's, it's fantastic, and there really isn't anything else sort of in day-to-day life that's like that. And one thing I always told my kids when we got to a particularly beautiful spot, an overlook or the top of a mountain or a lake or a waterfall – I would remind them about how few people actually get to see things like this because not everyone has the advantage of doing what we're able to do here in this part of the, of, of the world and how lucky they are. They get to see and experience something that only a handful of people get to do. So how about some recommendations on gear or things that you need to have along with you or should have along with you to make it more enjoyable to avoid those crying kids or uh, sort of that negative experience for them? Um, lots of hydration. Um, snacks are really important um, for them and for you. Um, I think it's good to have a first aid kit, just a real basic one. You can get a cheap one um, off of like REI outlet just to have in the pack. Um, I'll often take like a Nerf ball to kind of throw along the way more, more on walks than on hikes, but like a football just to kind of, you know, sort of keep people, um, you know, you throw stuff around, you hit each other with it and stuff. Um, uh, and just rain gear, I think is, is particularly important because um, there are certainly times Chris and I went out, looked like it was going to be a dry day and it was, we didn't get poured on on the hike, but on the drive there, it just, just a deluge. Dump. It just was, a dump. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like your uh, bring a ball along. I often on walks, bring a tennis ball and throw it and my kids fetch it. And you know what? It gets them running and uh, keeps us occupied. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fine. You just sort of roll it down the trail and send them off after That's it. That's why Nathan doesn't want dogs. He already has two that, that uh, <laughs> fetch for me. Uh, dressing your kids in layers, kind of a no-brainer, mm-hmm. especially here. Um, and at what age do you think kids need hiking boots? 
I mean, are sneakers fine for young kids? I think but sneakers are fine for the most, unless you're doing like longer hikes and you're going to be over a lot of rocky terrain. I think, I think sneakers are, are absolutely fine. Yeah. When, when Chris and I were on a hike, a hike to Excelsior, this addresses both clothing and hydration. Um, we were up at the top and we were joined very soon after by two middle-aged women who had run like they were, they were in running shoes and like, they look like runners, small hydration packs, did not have rain gear at all. And when they got to the top, they took some selfies and then they both said shots and they did a little fireball and then ran back away. Nice. It was pretty entertaining. What's crazy is that they started at the bottom, which is seven miles of switchbacks. So they were clearly in far better shape than Mike and I are at all or will be mm-hmm. ever in our lives. So that was pretty fun. Something that we also will do with our kids is um, Winco has like the most amazing bulk food section. And so you mentioned trail mix, right? And so a lot of times we'll have the kids sort of, we'll let them pick from five bins kind of a thing and sort of let them make their own dehydrated fruits uh-huh. and the such. <laughs> and they get to make their own trail mixes, which is kind of fun. Safety-wise, uh, one of the articles I read said, bring a whistle. Uh, I presume that could be on many levels, both if you get lost, if you're kind of wandering off trail, or particularly, I guess, if you're a female by yourself, that could certainly be helpful. Sure. That makes sense. And and honestly, staying on trail, not not necessarily for safety reasons, but just for preservation reason, reasons. A lot of a lot of the trails that were that are that are out here, um, we want to make sure that we preserve the forests and and the mountains for people to come. So you don't want to do too much off trailing anyway. All right. Well, uh, maybe we can each end this segment with one or two uh, hikes around here and maybe let us know what sort of age group it might be uh, appropriate for. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, especially for younger ones, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, Whatcom Falls Park has lots of different variations in terms of distance with a uh, waterfall and some just some really pretty geography. I think the Hertz Trail, it's flat, three, three miles. You can sort of stop when you want and come back. That's at the, um, the, the far side of Lake Whatcom, um, just all along the lake and pretty quiet. Um, Chanterelle trail, which goes up from the same parking lot. Um, really pretty viewpoint. Um, probably a little bit older for, for kids just because of the exertion that goes along with that. And the Stimson nature preserve, which is also near to town, um, is a nice chance to get out and get in the woods. Um, not a lot of elevation. So, um, you've, it, kind of hike feel, but in terms of an effort level, it's really more of a walk. And then really anything in the chuck nuts, there's lots of good stuff down there too. Our kids are older, so they can do a little bit more of, uh, of an elevation game on, gain on their hikes. Excelsior peak is amazing. Uh, heliotrope is great. Yellow Aster Butte I've heard is great. Mike, you've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, Ptarmigan Ridge, which comes out from, uh, uh, Artist Point is also really beautiful. The views just keep going and going and going. Yeah, and anything up at Mount Baker is highly recommended. Of course, we like um, our namesake trail, the Bagley Lakes Trail. Oh, it is a lovely hike. Yes, good for kids. Thanks it's, for donating to the parks. We're very happy to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's very nice of you. <laughs> I would add that the Whatcom Trails, or I'm sorry, Washington Trails Association, I think it's .org, um, has a great like. There's lots of ways to find hikes gives you distance, gives you elevation and trail reports are really valuable in terms, but especially when you get out on some of the, the, um, the forest roads and you're not sure what the condition is. Um, that's just a fantastic resource. I use it every time. Um, I go any place if for nothing else than a recent trail report. 
And Chris, you've talked about the All Trails app, I think, in the past. Yep, I have the All Trails app. Uh, I'm a pro user, uh, which just means that I pay three dollars a month, and I can download all sorts of maps, and you can get topographic maps and directions, and of course, uh, people leave reviews and trail conditions on any kind of hike you can imagine nearby. All right, this week on Whatcom Dads Recommend, we're going to go a little bit with the hiking, get out in nature sort of thing and talk about places we like to go to get away, little peace and quiet. So I'll go ahead and start. I used to live closer to this place, and so I would walk there just when I needed kind of a refresh, a reset. But it's Scudder Pond, a little pond at the base of Alabama Hill there next to Electric. Uh, most times when I was walking around there, I was the only one there. Lots of birds and you know animals there. So a little place to just go get out in nature right here in the city and, and catch some fresh air. Uh, I, I walk pretty regularly um, and a couple places that are local. Wacom Falls, which I know I've mentioned before, but I lived here probably for 12 years before really visiting it besides just seeing the falls itself. Um, and there's, there, I, I just, I like that because it's just right in the middle of middle of the city. Uh, I like the railroad trail that we have that walks through town. Um, of course on a nice sunny day, it can get busy, but there are a lot of times you can go out in the morning and you'll see an occasional runner, but it's peaceful and, and quiet. I get to walk from my house on the railroad trail up to Wacom Falls Park and my place where I find peace and quiet. Uh, there's a lot of little trails off the main trail that get down to the creek. Um, and Wacom Falls Park can get very busy and with a lot of tourists and others that are coming because it is so special. But if you can uh, get off the beaten path a little bit, you can be in that park and feel like you have it all to yourself. And uh, you mentioned that we work at Western and uh, I like hiking the Arboretum, walking the Arboretum. Great way to spend a half hour, 45 minutes. You can go straight up, you can go flat, all kinds of places. And you'll see folks once in a while, but you're in the woods, in the trees, and you're very close to the city. Thanks to our guest, Mike Sledge. And as always, thanks to our sponsor, Robinson & Cole Attorneys. There's a link to their website in our show notes. You can reach the show via email at whatcomedadspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Next week, we're going to discuss choosing baby names and share some of our favorite under-the-radar spots for parents to grab a drink with their friends. What musical instrument is found in the bathroom? I don't know. A tuba toothpaste. Unbelievable. <laughs> and this is honor in honor of our friend from uh, Iowa, uh-huh. who's our guest this weekend. I was walking through a cornfield this weekend, but I couldn't help feel like I was being stalked. <laughs> 6.30 is my favorite time of day, hands down. <laughs> <laughs>